please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 19 and go to verse 21. We're in a series entitled Steadfast. It's a series on the New Testament book of James. So I want to say hi to everyone tuning in to Nova at home. I'm so glad that Gateway Church and Momentum Christian Fellowship are joining us as well. And of course, welcome to my wonderful Nova Church family. Aren't you tired of all this? You know, I hope you are. But I'm not talking about the kind of tired that's something you need to get rid of or put away and not deal with anymore. I'm talking about being tired that racial injustice is still happening in our world, in our nation, in our community, in our neighborhood today, especially for our brothers and sisters who are black. Every Christian in the body of Christ needs to stand for justice for all people because this is what the gospel calls for and stands for. And this is our gospel calling, to be salt and light to a world that's confused and conflicted. The Bible describes the work of our Lord as God's love and justice. And what are people crying out for today? Yeah, they're crying out for love and justice. So if you're tired of all this, it's time to get in the game. You know, I loved hearing stories of people who said, I did what my pastor asked me to do last Sunday. And I called a friend who's different than me. And people told me stories last week of, um, they said it was sort of awkward at first when they called their friend, but you were steadfast. And you said, I don't know what to say to your friend. And, and then the words started to flow. And you listened and you learned. You know, protests and peace marches can be attention-getting and inspirational. But equally or more important is breaking down the walls of racism and injustice, one person at a time, one relationship at a time. I love that many of you are crying out, well, how can I help? Well, I know a pastor who's African-American in the Sacramento area. His name is Jason Kane, and he said, this is how you can help. And he came up with an acronym, H-E-L-P, HELP. H stands for humbly, humbly listen. That's what you need to start with. E uh, is all about educate, educate yourself. You know, if you're really humbly listening, you won't come up with things like, well, this is my truth or my opinion or this is what I believe and this is what I feel. If I'm learning, then I'm asking questions like, what is your experience with racism? How do you feel about what's going on right now? What would you like me to know about you and your life? L, L stands for love, love your neighbor. So who is your neighbor? Well, Jesus tells us who our neighbor is in the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. P stands for persist, persist in taking action. Don't give up. Even when it gets hard, you know, the church is made up of gospel people who are for justice and for action. Let's get in our text today. And I want you to really hear the infallible and sovereign word of God for us today. Starting in verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. 
you know, months ago, I was thinking and I was praying and I talked to some of our Nova staff team and we talked about a sermon series in the future on the New Testament book of James. And because of the omniscience of God, that's the all-knowingness of our powerful and awesome creator, our Lord gives us this word today. I almost feel like just sort of reading the text and, and that being enough for us. But I'll say a few words and I'll try to get out of the way of God speaking to us. Today's message is about God's saving word within you. Verse 19 starts this way. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, everyone. Now, circle, highlight, underline, whatever you need to do, just take note of this, everyone. It's sort of like James is crying out, hey, everyone, take notes here. God's saving word within you. Number one is this, listen to the word. Listen to the word. Verse 19 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. These are the simple words of wisdom to be quick in one action and slow in two actions. You know, I was listening and, and I was learning from Thomas, Nova's director of student and media ministries this week. And he said that from the ancient words of the Old Testament, from the very beginning of the word of God, listening is key. God calls out to his people to hear and listen to the most important and foundational precepts. And he gave them what is commonly known as the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Shema is a Hebrew word which means hear. It's the first word in Deuteronomy 6, 4. He's saying hear, listen, pay attention, but it also means to act or to do something. And when God calls us to Shema, he's not just asking us to hear what he has to say. He's asking us to listen and do something. It's one word that means to listen and to obey. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know, before Jesus spoke, he often used these words. He said, whoever has ears, let them hear. You know, every time we open the Bible, it matters that we listen well. And fundamental to what we know about God is that he speaks we find in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, we read that he created the universe by his words. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. And last week, Pastor Byron talked to us. In James chapter 1, verse 18, he talked to us about how God has chosen to give us new birth. In verse 18, it says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. You see, God speaks to us through scriptures, the word of God. He speaks to us through the Bible. And therefore, we need to be people who listen and submit to the word of truth. James is mindful. In James chapter 1, verse 2, that the readers of this letter are facing trials of many kinds. In times of hardship and trouble, we can become consumed by our own suffering 
and how it's affecting us. And in those times, it's natural to be much slower to listen, but quicker to speak. But James calls us to be steadfast and being quick to listen and slow to speak. So practice listening to someone and being slow to speak. That is, what I mean by that is, is listening to someone without thinking of what I want to say. Just listen to their words and be aware of how God is using them to speak. And put away your devices and turn off the media and turn off the noise and look at the person who's talking. Face them. Be aware of what they're saying to you with all their facial expressions and body language. All those things are beyond their words. And this is going to help you. Not, not only, it's not going to only grow your relationship with them, but it will be a key component in how you are, are prepared to shema, that is to listen and obey the word of God. I've learned so much about racism in the last few weeks, especially when I connected with my brothers and sisters who were black. And here's something else that happened, and it really surprised me. I noticed something was different with the younger people in my life. You know, as a father of two hoppy kids, you know, mixed race adult children, I've learned a lot from them. And I've learned so much from our younger Nova staff members and other young people in my life. I begin to wonder, why is it so naturally organic for young people to accept and love people of all lifestyles and all races and all culture, cultures? I've grown so much by observing young people's lives and listening to them talk and hearing how they think and learning from them. So if you're older, like me, especially if you're parents, would you humbly ask someone younger about how they see our world and people who are different and be quick to listen and slow to speak. And if you're quick to listen and slow to speak, you're gonna get an education. Now chances are, you won't agree on everything that they think or say, but you will build a bridge to them. And if you do the opposite, you will most certainly burn a bridge. And after I listened and learned from my friends who are black and younger people in my life, I was so hungry, so hungry to listen and hear from God. And so I would search the scriptures about his love for all people. When you're quick to listen and slow to speak, what usually follows is being slow to anger. Our normal tendency is to be slow to listen and quick to speak, which usually leads to having a quick temper. Most likely, James is writing to churches that were new and that were small and that were kind of unstructured churches. And here James may be giving some what we call house rules for the people in these smaller church gatherings. He's saying to them, be good listeners. Give others a chance to share and speak and be patient and kind to one another. It's similar to training principles that we use for our Nova small group leaders. James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. As Christians, you and I need to stop with our excuses and rationale for being so angry. And I, you know, I've heard it all. I've heard excuses like, you know what, Dean? Growing up, my family... This is the angry way we talk to one another. And I just think to myself, well, I'm glad we're not related. Or when angry people think they're speaking the truth in love, and they say things like, you know I love you, 
But let me be honest, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm not really feeling the love too much here. Or when an angry person snaps at you and then makes the excuse, hey, I'm under a lot of stress. And I always think, well, don't take it out on me. You know, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. This is an exhortation to us. As we begin to plan to regather in person here, the mid to long-term effects of the trauma of the pandemic will require us to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to be angry with one another. And so kindness and patience and grace must be our first and foremost attitude as we think about regathering again. So this is God's saving word within you. Number one, listen to the word. And number two, humbly accept the word. In James chapter one, verse 20, it says, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. In times of trouble and stress, when our listening slows down and our sharp words tend to quicken, our anger also grows so quickly. What we do with our words, both those we speak and those spoken to us, greatly affects the way we live. Currently, in our troubled world, there's a lot of anger. To help us understand anger, let's take a look at the life of Jesus. Jesus is our model and mentor as we learn from his anger. The gospel writers do not hide the fact that Jesus was angry at times. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus was going to the synagogue and a, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. And the religious leaders were following Jesus, looking for a reason to accuse him. So they watched Jesus closely to see if he would break their rules. In verse 3, Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. And he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Jesus was angry at those who were less interested in human suffering and more interested in rule following. Another time in Mark chapter 10, Jesus was angry at the task-driven disciples who thought greeting and listening to young people was a waste of time. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, it says, but Jesus was irate and let them know it. He said, don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. And still another time in Mark chapter 11, Jesus was angry when the merchants were taking financial advantage of worshipers. Verse 15, it says, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. These scriptural accounts 
of the anger of Jesus. They may surprise you, but these are clear examples of when righteous anger is justified. The rationale for being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry is given in James chapter 1, verse 20. It says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger produce, produces a life that is not pleasing to God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And that's why we need to be steadfast in being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, and listen with clear hearts and minds to God's word. Remember Shema? It means to listen and obey. And James doesn't just tell us to listen, but he gives us something to do in verse 21. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. James exhorts us to humbly shema the word of God that can save me. And I hear it and I listen to it and I obey it by ridding myself of the filth and evil that's all around. Jesus said in John chapter 8, in verse 31, it says, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I've got some thoughts to wrap up our time today. The, the first thing I want to say is this, is to listen to know and understand. Listen to know and understand God, and listen to know and understand others. Second thing is this, when you humbly listen, you'll build a bridge. You will never regret the bridge that was built. You will regret a bridge you burned when you refused to listen and you felt like you needed to argue about your own truth. The next one is this, God calls us to listen and obey. See, God calls us to Shema, remember? Listen and obey. It's two actions with one word. The fourth is this, be careful, human anger reacts quickly. And boy, don't we know that. Human anger always reacts so quick. And finally, God's word sets us free. I want to close our time today by asking you to humbly listen. I shared at the top of this sermon that Pastor Jason Kane put in very practical terms the acronym about how you can help. Now I want you to watch and listen to Jason. He just shares from his heart about the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus teaches us who our neighbor is. How can you help? How can you help? If you go on Google and you search for racial injustice, if you just look at the disparities, if you search, how can I get involved? Read my brother Ephraim Smith's book. Read Brian Loritz's book on these subjects and on these topics. It'll show you how to get involved. Befriend people who don't look like you. Be willing to listen and ask questions and receive the answers that people give you who are going through this. Humble yourself. Put your pride aside and say, man, maybe, maybe, just maybe black people haven't been lying all this time. <laughs> and this stuff really goes on. Yes. It does. Talk to your friends and your family members who get out of pocket. That means who uh, 
have a different opinion or who don't believe that racism is an issue. We are not lying to you. Christian brothers and sisters, we are not lying to you. This story, Jesus asks and he wraps up and he says, which one of these was a neighborly one? It wasn't the priest that went to the opposite side. It wasn't the Levite that made excuses. It was the Samaritan who got down and actually helped. If you are a person who put your faith in Jesus Christ, you got to be like that Samaritan. You got to get in there and you got to help. You have to do something. You got to show compassion and empathy and love and don't make excuses. Another way you go to the opposite side is saying, Jason, stop being political. Listen, I'm not being political. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not telling you to change your political affiliation. What I'm telling you to do is to be a person that shows mercy to people who are hurting. Church, we should be leading on this stuff. The world should be following our lead because we have instructions from Christ. Please get involved, help. Don't sit on the sidelines and not do anything. In the time to come, I'll be sharing more from my heart and I'm willing to deal with the consequences because the work is too important. My kids' future is too important. The gospel and the witness that we have for Jesus is too important for us to not do anything. Please, don't go on the opposite side. Stand hand in hand, and get involved, and love your neighbor. Thanks for your time. To the Nova family and Momentum family and the Gateway Church family and everyone else tuning in today, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. May you go forth from our time today to be hearers and doers of God's word. In Matthew 22, Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself.